0: What a way to start the show. You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Ah, uh, yes, back at it. This is Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Uh, you just heard that with music, though. I think it sounded better with the music. Um, We're in here with the boys uh you got got dano drummond how you
1: you doing we've got uh, the Vender.
0: what's going on hey a new man on the shelf sean luther how are you sean
1: i'm very good you got my name right that Uh, time well
0: you know i've been practicing for the last six months since the (laughs) last time i got in crap for it so um yeah lots lots to talk about lots to uh Lots to make uh, a show happen. (laughs) To to dive into. I like that. little swimming thing. (laughs) Can you get COVID in a pool? That's what I want to know.
2: I think you can. I think it's
0: everywhere. That's a sad thing. Sad thought. Um, We're going to try talking a little bit club news. We'll have assessment and tryout talk. Um, We'll talk about the new normal in pro sports and, and, and what that looks like. And then we'll uh, attempt to dive into the CPL and the EPL. I know we'll have to talk about Tottenham, sorry. Um, but uh, it, all that's just part and parcel with what we're going to do here on the lovely podcast today. So let's, let's kick it off. Let's do the uh, uh, club news. And, and of course, this is the official welcome for Mr. Sean Lother, who is now the technical director of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Sean, welcome. Give us a cheer. Do you want to? Che- yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to hit the goat sound. That's a, hang on. Oh, oh okay. he's we here. Can, yeah, we got a little bit of that. a little bit of random uh, fairy fairy music. Okay.
1: There it is. That's the first cheer I've ever had.
0: <laughs> played at the level you played it. You must have had a couple of cheers.
1: I've a couple.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so happy to have you here. Um, it, it's a good thing to uh, see, you know, uh, new faces in the club, and and I, I don't want to use the term new blood, but that's basically what it is. Even though you're ancient like me, um, you know, the new blood sounds good.
1: <laughs> well, doesn't your blood replenish all the time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah fair enough. New blood, right?
0: Fair yeah. enough. Uh, if I'm uh, actually. Thinking, which I don't normally do here, so um, then then that would happen for sure.
3: Well, um, it's, it's it's definitely a positive change. We got highlighted notes here today in our on our. Yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> I used to have to read it off my phone. I was down ten emails. Come on, guys, that's She's laminated that in a binder. <laughs> Soccer talk in the park podcast. All it's right. Not, I had to
1: print my behavior. own sheet off before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about standards, guys. It, <laughs> it is. I,
0: I, I've had to raise the standards. <laughs> uh, not, not taking any way, uh, anything away from the former uh, podcast that we've done, but... Uh, yeah, I thought I'd be a little bit nicer and highlight some things, you know. It t- took me all of six seconds to take that highlighter. <laughs> just
2: wait till he meets cool. me and you out, and it's just him and Sean <laughs> oh, yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so uh, again, the, the the welcome, and and you know, we'll move on with the podcast now. And I'm uh, I'm sure that uh, everyone will be happy and uh, excited to see Sean around the park um, when we're out on the pitch as well. Uh, so looking forward to it, Sean.
1: Thank you. I'm uh, excited to be here. it's a It's a great club, a great district uh, with some quality players, coaches, volunteers, staff, some of them anyway. <laughs> um, but it's uh, I'm excited about the, the whole the whole situation. I'm looking forward to helping Sherwood Park become one of the best clubs in the country. Yes, here we go.
0: Well, we're thrilled to have you here, Sean. Yeah, Yeah. definitely, definitely. And you got to love those types of comments. That's uh, fantastic. First F bomb of the day. Um, So let's move on now and talk a little bit. (laughs) It sounds. Let's move on. Um, What's coming up for the club? What What are we doing as far as? uh seasons go for example what are we what are we thinking is going to go on what's what's happening in the wonderful world of uh the community program and the grassroots there big man yeah
3: so we're we're going to be up and running again here um in october uh trying to get everything as back to normal as we can um obviously with constraints uh in the sense of facilities and things like that we have had to adapt our program but yeah, we want to get up and running again and get the kids back onto the field and and try to be as normal as we can, uh, running a season. It's going to look a little different uh, within how the the structure of the the leagues run, but um, we've got time. We've got time and space for, for anybody that wants to be involved in Sher Park Soccer's community program uh, for them to get on the pitch.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, it's it's something we want to put out there too for for the folks that are listening in. Sign up. There's lots of room and lots of space for for people to be part of the program, uh, both in the grassroots and the community side of things. So let's make sure that when we're we're thinking of things to do with our our, our kids and our children, let's uh, let's get them involved in soccer. I mean, especially at the younger age groups, it's uh, always a pleasure to have new faces come on board. And again, as Sean just uh, mentioned, he he wants to make this club the best club in the country. So. It starts with you guys coming out, signing up, getting on board uh, with the programming that we run here. And
1: yeah, if I can just add something, I mean, sure. in my opinion, the grassroots side of the club is the most important. Um, every single Phoenix player, every single player that goes on to play professionally or play play at university level or play for Canada, uh, they their start off as grassroots players. Uh, every single one of them, the best players in the world, Alfonso Davis, grassroots players where, where he started. Right, so yeah. Getting out and just enjoying the game and getting to, to love a sport that we we love so passionately uh, starts at that level. And we, we need kids to sign up and uh, enjoy the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you start to notice. And, and we know the situation out there with the COVID and people not necessarily wanting to make too many decisions quickly in regards to their their kids and and putting them in and getting them out there wanting to avoid this virus but i don't think it's i don't want to i don't want to minimize it or think it's not a problem but uh in the same respect we can't lose sight of of life and and making sure we try and you know maintain some kind of normality within what we do and that includes the uh aspects that would involve our children in as far as uh, activities go and, and making sure that we're involved in sports still so
3: yeah I, I i totally feel that um you know we have a lot of great athletes in Sherrod park uh that like to do a lot of things and and being kind of constrained in a in a in a world right now where you you're pretty much um having to choose one is going to be difficult for everybody to to figure out right we got a lot of multi-sport athletes and that was a that's something that is is um you know praised around you know the holistic development of of an athlete so it's going to be this next you know this next year or so is going to be a little bit challenging for those athletes those parents to to make a decision on you know what sport to to put uh, their their kid in
0: yeah i i I agree with you there and i think that uh we'll just we'll just see where the cards fall i mean (laughs) hopefully they're falling in the right directions but uh you know, once we clear this thing up and uh, get a little bit more, you know, what's the handle on the situation, so to speak, and you know, we we'll start moving forward. And that's just the way it works.
3: Yeah, and and just for our community program, we're coming off of the back of a very very successful you know outdoor COVID training um, campaign, and it was it was something that was eye opening for me for sure in the sense of how committed uh, we had players in the summer months and you know we want to be able to take that forward going into the indoor season um as well too
0: yeah uh it, right now i'd uh, i'd be jumping in and saying okay let's move on to the phoenix but uh hey captain phoenix just decided to take a phone call and uh dano's like oh there he is he's standing outside the door so uh yeah we'll take our first break you're listening to soccer talk in the park the official podcast of the Sherman park district soccer association we'll be right back This episode of Soccer Talk in the Park is sponsored by Icon Experience Photography, the SPDSA's official photographer. And we're back. Yes, Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Took a quick break there. Uh, one of the members, Dano, had to run off. He had to take a phone call. So we do allow that. I think the big, the big option was when phones ring within the room, if you forgot to turn your ringer off, You have to answer it on the air. (laughs) Just thought we'd throw that out there. But uh, no one has their phone in here other than Dano did. So um, moving along here, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, how the leagues might unfold here in Edmonton. Both ESA and EMSA um, working towards trying to put a league together and a season together for all the different groups and age groups. And uh, um, have decisions been made in regards to how much and I know they're still working through issues and, and different, trying to make things operate well. Uh, and I know there's some, you know, some talk about how to work out the spaces that they're going to be playing in and all that. And I know that comes down to more of the communities and um, sort of the what the mandates are behind the facilities like Millennium Place and stuff like that. What are your thoughts in, re, in regards to? Uh, The leagues, or if you have any sort of knowledge that you can share in regards to how the leagues will roll out.
1: Yes, I mean, obviously, Alberta Health Services have put out some guidelines uh, through the government in regards to how facilities operate. Um, The Edmonton indoor facilities that don't get used for soccer in the summer have been uh, working with ball hockey. And using that as the guinea pigs per se, yeah, for ready, sure. ready for the real sport to come in <laughs> during the winter, and uh, it's been very successful. So they seem to create a strategy where they can get people in and out quickly. Uh, obviously, limited parents can can watch the the games. Yeah. you can't have your your mum and dad and your, your grandparents, your aunts, uncles, and cousins, etc. Watch you. So crowds will be a bit, little bit less watching the games. Mm-hmm. But uh, the protocols they've put in place have apparently been very good and lots of good feedback from the hockey people. So uh, it should be great moving forward that uh, the kids get to play in a safe environment uh, all but without the big crowds uh, and it'll be a great season.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, looking forward to it as well. I, I, it's funny that you, you mentioned that I'm wondering, cause we had a parent during one of the Facebook lives that we did make the suggestion of, doing some type of a a video camera in, in the arenas, looking down on the fields and allowing the games to be filmed so you could go online and watch your yeah, son, or, son or daughter play the game. I wonder how receptive places like these indoor centers would be to setting up you know, a single GoPro that goes live to an internet or something like that. Um, I don't know if you really have to worry about that. But <laughs> Just hey,
1: I'm I'm COVID compliant as much as yeah I can. no so no mask th- comes th- off a little bit <laughs> I gotta try and fix it I, <laughs> I hate sure. the things I can't breathe but whatever it actually reminds me when I was with the Canadian Olympic team we used to go to SFU and we'd have to put masks on to simulate planet altitude Oh, ah, okay yeah to yeah to, to not let the oxygen come come into your body so. And I hated that, uh, <laughs> and I hate, hate wearing this mask. So there you go. Um, yeah, I think it's a great idea. I know they've talked about that. I'm oh, not good. sure where they're at with it. Yeah, but um, you know, if you could drop your child off and head off to a coffee shop or a pub if you're that way inclined, yeah, and watch the game on uh, on or, your phone, on the phone, or even your laptop or your iPad or whatever, it would it would be good.
0: That would be good. Then you'd have something to talk about with your child and and things as, yeah. they, as they get home.
3: Yeah, it's. A, I think it's a brilliant idea. I mean, you know, technology is is an asset in, in the world right now. And and um, it'll bring, you know, it, I think that'll bring a lot more to, you know, the world we live in right now.
0: And I don't think there mm-hmm. isn't one of these centers that doesn't offer uh, maybe the actual individual centers, but they all have their own internet already. Mm-hmm. So when you go in, let's say it's uh, Commonwealth, or if you go into Millennium, they all have their own um wi-fi set up so you know they could they could have their own tv for example and, and run it
1: yeah i actually think we sh- we should speak to millennium because i know they do have security cameras that uh, are looking at the field 24 7 so is there a way that we could tie into that to get some internet based programming i don't know but it's something to talk to them about i,
0: I know what uh, what we're doing after the show <laughs> nice. <laughs> that conversation will definitely happen. I think it's a smart idea, and I think it's definitely something that will uh, enhance everything for those that are going to be playing the boarded game in particular. Um, could be a little bit tougher in some of the uh, the, the field uh, spaces, like the domes and things. I, I, I think that would be up to each individual. I don't want to see each, each individual team, but the, the, whatever league is being run out of there, they would have to come up with the thought process and ideas of how to do that. I guess you would need a tower camera and,
1: yeah, and some it,
0: form of internet. I don't know how that would run.
1: And the other problem is you'd have to get permission from every single player. Yeah, that makes sense. And live as well, yep. right? Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. And
3: not just within our club, right? Throughout the throughout the leagues, throughout the other clubs in the city as well.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think I think for the most part, and I'm just being the, I don't want to say devil's advocate, but I'm, I'm just being the proponent for those who want to have this happen would be, I, I think, most most people would be positive in their thought towards it because who doesn't want to watch their own child play the game? The beautiful
1: game. Absolutely. So Um, Let's get on that.
0: Let's get on it. We will. Um, Any sort of uh, update in regards to, well, I mean, just the soccer COVID update. Uh, You know what? It's just an ongoing thing. It'll be ongoing. Soccer itself is ever-changing. Nothing new, though, in regards to... How things are going to run? I think they're being a little tighter in, in some regards to uh, the processes behind the games and numbers of people. Yeah, or were- I,
1: it's right now gatherings are still the same. Uh, the cohort numbers are still the same. Nothing's changed there. Um, possibly in the future, in the near future, it, it might change, but I'd be surprised. What's interesting, I, I did speak to someone at the government, and they're talking about elite level uh, leagues or teams about allowing them to have bigger cohorts. So they're looking at that so that those, you know, players that are playing at the highest level can travel throughout Alberta. Where that's going to go, we don't know, but they're certainly looking at that. So it would would help with uh, leagues such as the upcoming AYSL for the PDP Um, and then even Tier 1 possibly, you know. So it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, that, I mean, and that makes total sense. Uh, I, I, I could see that being something that would be super exciting for the AYSL as well um, to, to have them up and running. It's one thing to be able to cohort and work with one group and then you take the next weekend off and then you can play the second group uh, a week after that. It, particularly in the north, we have three groups ourselves uh, Scottish and St. Albert that'll have teams. So uh, at least there's a few teams to play there. But it would be nice to be able to go down and play the Southern teams as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just discussion right now. There's, of course. There's nothing cast in stone here. But, yeah. you know, certainly the government are looking at, looking at ways that they can help kids, those elite-level players, get to play against more opposition. So we'll see what comes of it.
0: Now, again, through the grapevine, and I'm not trying to throw a a wrench into the mix here, but you're hearing through the grapevine that the, I guess until this uh, PDP gets to a level where they're, they're because we're only at the second level now where there's four teams involved in most of these clubs uh, at the age groups. And I guess it won't really change uh programming until we actually get to that higher level. Um at, at the older age groups I should say, but the Rex program I'm hearing is coming back to some degree, or is it is it in the works? Because I know there's almost like a two year space before um the PDP gets to that level where they can cover off everything.
1: Um just well, a thought
0: as well. It's, it doesn't Yeah,
1: I mean that's that's news to me. Yeah yeah. Um so these those must be rumors. Yeah, totally. uh, there's, there's nothing Nothing uh, concrete about that. So yeah. obviously we, we want the Rex program here in Alberta. Uh, that's the way that we get players on, on the pathway to play play for Canada. Uh, otherwise, we've got to move to Vancouver right away. Yeah, Which you don't want a 14-year-old kid moving all the way to Vancouver. You know, as they get a bit older, 16, 17, and that's okay to the Super Rex. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I know there's work being done by Canada Soccer and Alberta Soccer to try and get the Rex program in place but uh it's an ongoing process yeah. and hopefully it'll get done
0: M- much like uh, the workings within covid and the, and the, and our sport as well um
3: yeah i, I think that for <clears throat> for me um you know everything uh that we've got gone ourselves into here in our in our programs is is strictly you know going to be about the development of the player you know yeah. um the there is a league aspect um without being without a provincial competition Mm -hmm. and a national competition in this current moment, Um, you know, putting the players first is at the grassroots has always been something that we want to do here in Sherwood park. And, and I think now uh, the, the sense of always things being about results is not going to be that high up the table for even people's mindset anymore. Right. So uh, you know, changing the mindset like uh, throughout the summer for our, our, Clubs, players, to be about. Hey, this is going to be a training program. This is a player development program. This is what we're going to be. Is is something that needs to catch on, uh, you know, for long term player development in my mind. And
0: yeah, I, you know what, I agree because I mean, I I think that's just more of a re and a and a challenge for us to get information out to parents and to to players to let them know that there's still a a, a huge element of this. I mean, the biggest component is the learning component and, and the training component. Uh, you know, as much as we all like the game aspect of it, there's so much more involved with the training and the learning. In particular... Go ahead.
1: Uh, sorry, it's funny because... Um, well, first of all, dude, did you mean that pun there where you said, you know, results aren't high up the table? Mm. Was that a pun? <laughs> 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 He's a Liverpool man. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I I don't have
2: it.
0: the snare thing. Yeah. But it was, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're pretty uh, on yeah, top sorry. of the table for the last <laughs> couple of years, so, I mean, okay. it's
1: fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting getting old, and I forgot what we are going to talk about there. Uh, we were going to talk about...
0: Well, we were just talking about the... Um, if, what were we
1: just talking like about?
3: The, the I'm as, just the as aspect of, of COVID, um, you know, putting more of an emphasis on, on clubs to, uh, develop, the to develop players. As opposed, yes. yeah.
1: Sorry, so Dan and I have been having some meetings with our tech leads the last few days, and, you know, this sort of topic came up talking about development over results. And really, uh, I think you, you talk to most quality technical people in the, in the sport of, of soccer or, or any sport for that matter. Mm-hmm. And the feeling is that you have to uh, you know get players to develop, to play well. If, if your team is playing well, playing the correct way, they're, they're doing the right things, the result will take care of itself. So play well first. If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. It's not a big deal. But generally, if you play well, you will win games. So we've got to get away from this. It's all about what the score is at the end of the game, but rather how how we play, how we compete against the opposition in one-on-one situations, and then the result will take care of itself, and generally you're going to win.
0: Yeah, and I think as far as players moving on in, in, in life, as far as – their career, their place, whether it's university, whether it's uh, club level, whether it's moving on to a professional level, you will get noticed. And I think part of the result driven mindset is that, well, if I play on a great team, I'm going to get noticed. I've seen players on great teams that don't, you're amazed that they're even playing at this level Uh, And then I've seen other players on teams that haven't done well that are like, holy smokes, that player's got some future within this game. Um, I think,
2: yeah, D-Dubs, I think that's a big one for parents, right? Parents get very quickly head turned in regards to big programs, promises. You see it even here in the city in regards to what we can offer and overseas opportunities or scout opportunities, right? And parents see that and their head gets turned. They drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah, they do, right? So... End of the day, it's just providing opportunities for our programs. And like Dee had said, development, I think, I think the outdoor season went fantastic and we encompassed so many kids and you guys did a fantastic job. I kind of jumped in at the tail end. Um, Charles as well did a great job in our tech leads, obviously. And the biggest feedback we got from from parents is hey, my, hey, my kid loved it. loved it. They loved it. They loved to have the chance to work with the Phoenix coaches or the yeah. tech leads. And it was what was the focus. It was development, right? Yeah. We were playing inner squad games. So it was good. It was nice to have that kind of Taking a positive out of the situation, where it was nice to have that focus on development rather than you know matches every weekend as well. So, so,
1: so just like everybody else, I'm going to jump on the Alfonso Davis bandwagon. Uh-huh. Everyone has helped produce him, developed him, whatever. You know, <laughs> the only person that developed Alfonso Davis was Alfonso Davis. Of so course. Let, let's get that right. But yeah, I mean, look at Alfonso. He never went to a national championship. He never won a provincial championship. Yeah, you know, you played on a team that was that was okay. But it, it it was certainly not the best team in the Edmonton area. It was not. It was nowhere near the best team in, in, in Alberta, and yet he's now on a multi-million dollar contract with Bayern Munich without winning a provincial championship. That tells you it's not about winning. It's about developing. It, and and he developed, and he's now arguably the best left back in the world.
2: Yeah, might be the best example because he's coming from our neck of the woods and he's gone to the top of the top of the game right yeah. so it might be the best example right? well there. i think yeah.
0: and, a, and another example and we've used him a, as an example prior to the alfonso uh outbreak was shamit shom was another one from this area who started off i don't I, 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 the, I don't know how true it is but i had heard he had never even made it to a provincial style yeah, program he didn't and no he did
1: did he he, okay. he played far better
0: okay because I, I i wasn't sure whether that was the case but then came through the the FC Academy system, and uh, and then eventually he's in the MLS, playing for Montreal now, uh, the Impact. So. Uh, I mean, that's another fantastic thing where it was someone who showed the aptitude, kept working at his craft and his skill. He's at U of A for a bit too, wasn't he? Not? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Which is awesome. And it's, in it's
0: fact, he graduated while he was still in the yeah. MLS.
4: Yeah,
3: yeah I, f- I think at McGill University, he's got a degree from McGill. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Which <laughs> to be able to do that, I'd like to to still continue your your schooling and. You know, the club allowed him to continue playing as well as it's just amazing. Just but it's, amazing. It's nice
2: to see for players, right? That it doesn't mean that, you know, the pathway stops once you get to post secondary either, right? It no, can, for it can sure. be a launching pad for. So that's For sure. I, th-
3: I think Sean uh, nailed it on the head right there. And when he, when he said Alfonso Davies was, you know, the best player or the best uh, influence on, on his own development. Right. I think we see a lot of excuses made for players within grassroots, within club, within community about um, they're not getting a fair shake or they're not uh, they're not getting enough playing time there. You know, there's excuses made by both parents and players. And ultimately, it's it's on the player. It's how far do you want to go? How far do you want to, to take yourself how much do you have back in your mental capacity, right? when you're when you're doing a a, a hard one on one drill and you know you get beat three or four times in a row, do you quit or do you get back up and you go again? It's a mentality and 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 Alfonso, like Sean said here, it's it was him. He was the one that got up every single day and and said, "I'm gonna be the best that I can be." Yeah, simple and plain. Of course, yes, he's got he had a, a very great support system uh, to help him through it. But ultimately, he woke up every single day and said, "I want to be a soccer player. I want to be professional." Mm-hmm. And there was no excuses about waking up in bed or or what to eat or this and that. He was taking care of his kids. Uh, I'm sorry, his is um, his brother and sisters while his parents were uh, were working. But then he was still going and playing soccer. So, yeah, it's just it's it's amazing to see some of the things that be pers- uh, potentially here as as technical staff from 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 players and and, and families and it's like hey listen you're not going to get to the top if you don't work for it
1: mm-hmm. you know i mean obviously alfonso has come from a fantastic family you know every time he speaks he talks about his family and how how influential they were uh, and credit has to go to nick Hussis as well you it's, know yeah. i mean yeah. you know his coach at strikers I mean that guy, you know, paid for him to go to tournaments, paid for him yeah, to his training gear, he did he did all that for Alfonso Davis and you know, he's he's probably the one guy I would say that should get some Holy. credit for Alfonso is him, but everybody else, uh, you know, because of the coaching he got, Alfonso's going to make it yeah. because of his desire and his work work rate and his willingness and and he's and he's humble. Yeah. You know, he's very not he's so. not this big-headed kid who's because he made a Tier 1 team, he made the Alberta Provincial team, uh, I've made it now. No. He wants more, and he's going to give more, and he's going to get better and better and better, and he's got a good chance to be one of the best players in the world, which he's yeah. close to right now.
0: I, I, and it, it is trying. You know, I've again, I've, I've been lucky enough to work with some pretty high-end young athletes, and uh, that's the toughest thing to try and instill in them is that attitude of their own self-growth and trying to be humble in the fact that they're at a certain level currently but that you still have to hone that skill you still have to work and mentally be strong to deal with the issues that are around you the your own family life all that sort of stuff it's something that you need to uh, you need it it just you have to work at it you have to work at every aspect of it and I, i there's a few people i'd like to slap right now just to at the stable them to st- no 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 not at the stable not coaches i there's players that i know that uh, could be at a different level if they actually just applied themselves and worked at it well, I, it's funny i mean with alfonso
2: um i never coached and worked with them it it's just funny when people, you know, friends that follow football say, oh, Bayern a Canadian kid, this is great. And Alfonso's just, you know, skyrocketed in world, world football. Mm-hmm. And five years ago, he was at, I don't know if your school was at this, the JP Academy. So that uh, JP school and Eric Mino's host on their turf. We had kids at my academy playing with this kid, and four or five years later, he's signing and winning titles for Bayern Munich. It's like that short of a time span. <laughs> it's just mind-boggling that's, that's that pretty, he's gone from there to there.
0: It's, yeah, it's wild. It's pretty crazy. The,
1: yeah. The first time I seen Alfonso play, um, I was TD for Alberta Soccer, but based out of Calgary. So we had the north and south teams, and Sergio Texera was the coach of the, the 0 Zeros. Yeah. And uh, I came up to Commonwealth on the turf, and he says... Uh, this kid's special. And I said, oh, he says him over there. And he pointed at Alfonso. And just the way he moved and the way he received the ball, he didn't score, you know, he didn't score a goal away. Yeah. He did lay on, but just the way he received the ball, he played it he, and he moved. You, you knew right away that he's something special. Yeah. And, uh, he's proven that he is. And, um, you know he's he's now the the beacon for Canadian soccer. You know they, he's just he went to the to the World Cup ceremony to give a speech and he in front of millions and millions of people throughout the world, very articulate, very passionate, and um, I'm delighted that he's from Alberta.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah, which is great. Hey, we're going to take a quick break here. Um, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about assessments and tryouts and uh, maybe get into the new normal of uh, what pro sports is looking like. You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We'll be right back. This episode of Soccer Talk in the Park is sponsored by Icon Experience Photography, the SPDSA's official photographer. All right, we are back. This is Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. As I get closer to the microphone, I have headphones on. I sound really good. I, no, okay. You sound muffled. <laughs> well, yeah, we all sound muffled because we're all being very um, caretaking in this Obviously, socially
3: responsible.
0: Being socially responsible. I, caretaking. I have no idea where <laughs> that came from. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah, we got um, you. So we all have masks on in here just because that's the way we are. It's the new normal. It is the new normal, unfortunately, when you're in groups like this in this small little table area. Um, we, we, we Before we took the break, we sort of said we were going to talk about assessments and tryouts. So we'll have a quick little blurb on that, then it's straight into the EPL, baby. Um, so tryouts, the impact on young players... What do you think the COVID difference, all that sort of stuff, pros and cons? Any thoughts? Anybody want
2: to? I mean, I think with COVID, it limits where kids can go right now. Right? We tried to make it more of an intake than anything else, but I think the cohort situation definitely plays a role in where kids can get looked at and assessed. We wanted to make an opportunity that kids could come into our program assessed assess through the eight weeks and we could place them more so than making it an official trouts if you will.
0: Yeah. And, and, and assessments too. I mean, we've just been in the last segment talking quite a bit about Alfonso Davy. He, he definitely went through assessment processes like everyone else does. Uh, and yet he persevered. He kept going, he kept going, he kept going. And uh, that's what we hope everyone does as, as, you know, I guess it's just really an individual thing on how you take, going into a trout and assessment if you allow yourself to get really worked up over it or whether you just relax and just play um it's easy to say to someone just relax and play
2: yeah and i think that's the biggest thing right we've had conversations with sean and and we've had it as a technical staff and when charles is here as well is that we want to alleviate the assessment process as much as possible because as anybody from the outside are looking in it's stressful for the kids first the parents, coaches, staff, everybody, right? We want to try and embed that into our program and make sure that we're having a holistic approach of what we're assessing kids (laughs) on and how we're assessing them. Is that funny?
0: No, I'm laughing at the word holistic, but go go ahead. (laughs) Well, now you just stopped me. Well, no, no, go ahead. I know what you mean. You're all encompassing. Yeah, go ahead.
2: Yeah, and we just want to embed that in our programs as much as possible. And I think Sean coming in at the right time and just having a little bit of a, a snippet of the assessment process and what goes on. And he's been a part of various clubs throughout this province in B.C., I think it's an opportunity that we can we can start to adjust things. COVID's coming at a time where we have to adjust, and I think now that we'll see that going
1: forward. So we talking about attitude with Alfonso. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, kids make a team, and then it's I've made the team. I don't have to work hard anymore. Yeah. Right. So it should be an assessment, an evaluation, whatever you want to call it, over the course of a season. We look at players. We we do report cards, we want to do that as well and give to the players, whatever. But how they play during the season is more important than how they play in tryouts. Because if you're just going to allow it for kids to get up for a tryout and then they forget about you know, that hard work after the tryout, then we're putting the wrong player on the wrong team. Agreed. Obviously, new players coming in that the club is not familiar with, we have to have a process in place for them and we, we're going to work on that. But uh, my intent, and we've, I've spoken to extensively about this, we, we shouldn't have mass tryouts. We just shouldn't have them. Yeah. We should be assessing kids
0: throughout you know, the year on a
1: weekly basis, uh, having conversations about them. Our tech leads, it's their job to know every kid in that age group throughout our club, and then even know the players in other clubs just in case a kid does come to our club and that, that tech lead should, should know about that player. Yeah. Or if not, then a phone call gets made or meeting with the club that the player is leaving to come to Sherwood Park and get information from, from that, uh, that club. And likewise, if we have a player leaving Sherwood Park Soccer and a club comes to us, we should give an honest assessment of that player. You know, because not, pl- not all players in this day and age, just like people don't work for the same company for 50 years anymore, you go from company to company after a year. In this day and age, Kids are not are not one club players. Yeah. There's some and we hope to have one club players, a lot of them in Sherrod Park soccer, but the reality is that's not the case. They're shopping around looking for what they feel is the best fit for their child. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times it's just someone that's a good talker, good salesman or saleswoman, says to that family, come to our club and we will get you to Europe. We yeah. will, we will get you there at a professional contract. And it's funny, I was at the tryouts um, two weeks ago, and there's a guy there, his daughter's play, playing in the club, his son is playing with another club, and he basically says to me, he says, we're, we're, taking, we're taking our son to Victoria, BC, to go into an academy there, because that academy will get us to Germany. <laughs> and the, and I, the question was asked, what's the cost for you to do that? And he said, nah. I what he said now, maybe fifteen thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars. expensive whatever, for sure. Whatever it was, very expensive. And I turn around to the guy and I says, I'll tell you what, give me twenty thousand dollars, I'll get your tryouts with my United, Liverpool, Newcastle. I had to throw Newcastle in there, by the way. Yeah, and of found, course. Um I'll I'll get your tryout there. Uh, you can you can buy the tryout.
2: Of course you can. You know D and I buy the tryout.
1: <laughs> maybe <laughs> not can, not I, can I go back stage? about fifteen years <laughs> yeah. It's it's stupid. I agree. I if agree. you're good enough, mm-hmm. you will be found. Exactly. You don't have to go seeking it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Can and it, we, shouldn't it shouldn't cost you
3: any money. Can we, can we just throw it back to Alfonso Davies again? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he was, he was somebody again that didn't have to pay X amount, $15,000 to be, to be into some sort of academy or some sort of whatever program. He was good enough. He was found. If you're good enough, you will be seen. Mm-hmm. Simple and plain. Yeah. I'll,
1: I'll go back to another player, a little bit older than Alfonso, Kenija Alva from Calgary, mm. Alberta. played with uh, Southwestern Area down there. Great player. Played played for provincial team as well. You know, was tracking for the Canadian team. Same thing with him. You know, uh, as Alfonso, clubs were after him. He wasn't a pro yet, but he, he was a, a 16, 17-year-old. And there was... Stuttgart in Germany, Um, there was Arsenal, Man United, Liverpool, and another couple of German teams. And uh, he was a very good player, lots of potential. And he's still playing in Germany now, but he ended up going to Germany. Mm -hmm. But Arsenal, they send him and his uh, manager of the team tickets. First class to fly to London, get put up in a hotel, and he goes to training ground. He he has a bit of a, 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 a trial, a trial of with them, you know. So they offered him a, offered him a contract, but he ended up going to uh, Germany instead. Yeah. So you know, if you're good enough, you're going to get found. You don't have to pay twenty grand to go and get a trial somewhere.
0: I I, I agree. Now there's nothing wrong with if you're trying to get better much like you take piano lessons, guitar lessons, whatever it may be, of paying a little bit of money to get extra training. But that's a whole different ball of wax than somebody saying, I can get you to Europe if you can give me $6,000 or whatever amount of money it is. Um, So you really have to weigh what is a necessity. And I I, I don't know. It's trying to find people who will talk to you and be honest about it. If it's one thing I can say about goalkeeping – whether it's academy or not, I am, I I, I don't want to say I'm brutally honest, but I am very honest. I will tell someone, you, I don't want to say you don't have a chance, but it's going to take you quite some time to get yourself to uh, a level and you have to be willing to put in the work and all that sort of stuff. And I don't know how many people who run programming as far as stuff getting paid to have kids come in you know, I know it's a business as well, but I, I, there's gotta be honesty within that business. To
2: jump, okay. jump, jump in D dubs. I think it's funny cause you look at the school system, right? And you have parent teacher interviews and you know, we've gone through it growing up and school, like, the numbers don't lie in a sense, right? Like yeah. and teachers will give feedback to parents. of you know, how your kid is behaving in class and where the marks at and what they struggle with and what they mm-hmm. excel at. And you know, if they need extra work and, maybe times have changed and I'm dating myself of when I last had parent teacher interviews, but you look at it and and you take what they're saying as fact to say, okay, well we need to take this Avenue. Right. So it's different when you get to recreation sports, I think for parents, because I think for some parents, they've either played the sport or maybe haven't played the sport, but it's, it's their kid's recreation. They have a thought, they have an opinion because it is their kid. Right. So I think it's interesting. I always try and compare it to the school system of how it shifts kind of from a school side of things and then into a, recreational sports I but, think. but I
0: also think there's a difference because within sports mm-hmm. there is two sides there's the recreational side and then there's the for sure. the, the achievement side or wanting to go beyond for sure uh at a certain level so I, th- I think I- I'm speaking more to the ones if you if it's just purely recreational and people want to come out for extra training that's fine mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm going to say yeah you could do this you could do that but when they when you start getting asked those questions like okay, well, they have a desire, my daughter, my son have a desire to move on to this level. Um, I mean, I'm lucky enough to have been around different heights and levels within the game to be able to say, yeah, no chance. Or, yeah, there's some potential here, but here's what you're going to need to do to make sure you can get to that level. Mm -hmm. Or at least give yourself the best opportunity to achieve at that level.
3: And give me $20,000. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: although I'd like to say that in particular right now, but no, I, I, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm
3: Only
2: doing. kidding. Only kidding.
0: <laughs> if you'd like to send money to DW, exactly. email soccer talk, <laughs> soccer talk in the Park. Soccer Talk in the Park. Cash only in envelopes. Thank you. Um, yeah. So hey, when it comes down to assessments and tryouts, don't panic, folks. At the end of the day, we have a bunch of them. Well, not a bunch of them. We have the a new intake starting on the 21st, which yeah. is next week um you I'm will par- this this podcast will be out by then so hopefully you can hear it so that's
2: a quick turnaround
0: it is a quick turnaround Impressed.
2: It? it's only going to be for a couple of our groups a couple of our tier three teams uh are u11s and u12s we've had 48 girls registered which is awesome numbers so we want to make sure we're doing the right process for those kids yeah uh, but for the most part we've we've kind of signed off and sealed off our groups it was a difficult time with covid and when to do the intake window and when not to and when our other clubs doing it but we ended up having to do what's right for our club, and we're we're being very open and having a second intake for those players that you know were late or were worried about school and COVID. So I yeah. think it's working out as best as it can be for sure. Yeah, I
0: think so too. I, I, um, something else I want to throw out there and mention is the is the fact that we're doing a goalkeeping tune up as well, uh, starting next week. Uh, I, we'd like to open it up for the younger age groups. The older age groups is closed. Um, we're full because we have to socially distance it. We have to limit the number of uh, goalkeepers we're going to be working with. So we have the max number at the moment. But the young age group, uh, I don't even think a lot of people are aware, but the 9s, 10s, and 11s will have a, a day. Thursdays is when it's going to be from 5 till 6. Uh, you can hop on the website. The um, package is open for you to sign up for and if you have any problems with that, you can just touch base with the office here, and, and we can we can help you out to make sure your your child is signed up. But again, it's limited because it's got to be socially distanced. So if you want in, you you try and get in as quick as you can there. Yeah, and the Rise and Shine Academy is back uh, for the fall season uh,
3: and winter season. So uh, anybody that has young children, two to three years old, um, that program is going to be up and running again. So please. Uh, Check out our website on the Academy tab and and looking forward to working with the young ones again.
0: Okay, so excitement is had in regards to the pro leagues and starting up again. So just quickly before we actually get into the EPL, CPL, whatever it is, what are your thoughts on the pro sports in general? Um, in particular, obviously, our game. that, And we've all seen and watched the games with no crowds. Um yeah, it, television you still get the so-called audience sounds but it's not necessarily if they're a player in the stadium you wouldn't hear that um any thoughts on how that would impact a team's mentality uh how they mentally would transition and do you think this is going to hit the clubs financially or because of this there's way more television involved so that's going to keep these clubs ticking along uh, with TV that's loaded, rights, that's a loaded question. Well, I know, I, you know, there. Yeah. you know what? We're a cerebral podcast We're here, cere- so <laughs>
2: wow. I'll, I'll jump in really quick in regards to I think the finances for clubs. I think the tough thing, and you know, you'll read different things of Wigan Athletic. I think have gone into administration or about to, and you know, they're asking former players. Um, they even asked a foe who scored. I think six goals against them one time in a nine one game and said, Hey, would you throw, you know, a thousand pounds for every goal you scored or something? And he did it. Right. I think, I think that's the tough thing. I mean, Sean can probably speak to this, um, being in the UK for as much as he did, but it's those smaller clubs that are really, really going to struggle, which I think is a tough thing. I think, um, another Tottenham connection, but I think Kane went on loan to Orient. It Orient. I think it was a club like that and he did some sponsorship to put it on their shirt to try and keep them afloat. So you see those stories and I'm not so worried about the Premier League teams because TV yeah, yeah. rights still take care of themselves. I mean, yeah, they'll get hit, but it's the smaller clubs where I think it's really going to struggle. Yeah,
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, you know, those smaller clubs are dependent upon gate receipts and uh, selling apparel at the games, etc. Mm-hmm. Selling the, the cup, cup of Bovril and... Uh, hmm. Meat pie? Mince, mince pie. Mm, yeah, get stuck you know, in. Which, uh, which are fantastic. I mean, th- those clubs depend on that revenue, so it's going to be difficult for them. I just look at even, I'm from a small town called North Shields outside of Newcastle. Wow, North, an, Shield, hey. North, Shield. uh, North Shields, hey? North Shields. North Shields. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, oh, Mr. Lother. Yeah. <laughs> it's plural. Um... And obviously they're going to be hit as well yeah. where the kind of fans, etc. I don't know how they're getting any revenue because they get limited sponsorship, but yeah. they'll find a way to survive. I know they will. You know, the nickname's the Robins. I used to go as a kid and watch them play. And the highlight of of the game was when the game ended, um, you could jump over the, the barrier, g- grab a corner flag and run it into the into the dressing room and you'd see all the guys in the dressing room and listen to the manager's team talk. <laughs> and so that's what we, we were doing We'd fight over these these Quarter corner flags, flags to hilarious. get it in the dressing room, you know. Um, but teams like that are going to be really affected by this. Yeah. Um, and like Dan just said, Leighton Orient uh, who was it? Wigan? Wigan th- Wins, yeah, Wigan was. Who like were in struggling. the premiership not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, Bren O'Connell played for them who was in Calgary, a good coach, coach of the University of Calgary, Dinos. Um, it's tough for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and speaking of the pro teams, uh, we'll we'll jump into the, actually one more thing. We're going to jump in with the CPL first, just because it's Canadian league. So we'll we'll jump in with, uh, have you been watching what's been going on as far as the, the Island games? Uh, and what are your thoughts of the grandstand, the way they've, they've actually superimposed that on around the the field. What what are you thinking? Doesn't that look cool or does it look... It's I uh, it's a
3: little bit a little bit of both. I'm indifferent a little bit. I think that um, I'm okay with it within the, the sponsorship aspect of it because they've got a lot of different uh, team sponsorship that goes onto those yeah. CGI uh, screens. However, when the ball goes
0: when say, the ball goes up into the from sky. A
3: you you lose it and you can't track the ball right, so that's that's something that's difficult to to get. But I understand that they're playing at a university that doesn't have uh, stands, and yeah. and they want to be able to market um the you know the game as much as they can. And and I think that one soccer and, and and the CPL have done a good job trying to get even contracts in other countries. I know that they were they were showing the CPL in in India. You know that was one of the yeah. thing, one of the you contracts. Give a that shout they
0: out get. on our podcast. I might get. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we've, ha- we've had people from India listening. Yeah, yeah. For a podcast, yeah,
3: so. there it is. So, I mean, I think that you know, I think that it's you know, they they had to put something together because, again, I think that the CPL being um, you know, it's in its second year, mm-hmm. uh, potentially could be like you know, s- along the same wavelength of you know, needing those gate receipts. You need we need bodies, bums in the seats to to make our clubs successful, and and I think that you know, they had to think outside the box. The Island Games was you know, a pretty cool. Um, you know, you know, a pretty idea. cool idea for yeah. sure, and to get all the teams out there and in in in, in, a, in a bubble out there, and and yeah, um, it, I think it was good. I've been watching, you know, uh, the the games have been, you know, the games have been quality. It's Ooh, been nice. it's
0: been great that the CBC has picked up some of the yeah, games as exactly. well. Um, and you know what they
3: they showed uh TSN finally showed one highlight of uh, uh I saw a highlight on TSN. <laughs> TSN showed uh, a highlight. Page. It's like, "Oh great, thanks. Thanks uh major uh, news networks yeah, picking man. it up." So, sports
0: Sportsnet did the same thing, so. Yeah, so
3: it was just one highlight. Like it wasn't
0: like a package got a start somewhere. <laughs> of
3: but yeah, it's it's hopefully gaining some traction, right? So, I mean, the CFL is not playing Right, the CPL is, so.
0: Yeah, and that makes it, that that's everything. I mean, I, I feel for that CFL. Uh, I know it's an oh, ancient game, but um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. Whatever, EPL, baby. <laughs> that's what's on the uh, docket at the moment. EPL, European soccer, let's just talk. Let's just talk. How yeah you? It was just you know
3: it was awesome you know um, this uh, this last couple of weeks um, you know I got a, a good package in in the mail you um, Jurgen, Jurgen said, "Hey, no, because of COVID, sorry, D, we couldn't, uh, we couldn't have you, uh, we couldn't have you attend the award ceremony." So he sent me a medal, a Premiership medal. So I'm, uh, it's got posted here in my, on my desk. So excited for that! Thanks, Jurgen.
1: Appreciate you. Yeah,
2: there we go. Medals are listening, galore. Be like, Mom, did D actually get a medal?
1: <laughs> if D asks for twenty thousand dollars to get to Europe, don't pay attention to that. <laughs> Mom, Coach D is going to get me to Liverpool.
0: He just won the Premier League. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's too funny. So I I see Newcastle won. What's going on there? Yeah,
1: to be honest, I I didn't watch the game last week. Yeah. I was out at the out of the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, um we have out, to get to I, zone. It's, you it's,
0: have to get to zone at the trailer.
1: Well, it's it's difficult talking about Newcastle because of all <laughs> the stuff that's going on with the takeover and it's not being approved by the premiership, etc. And oh, I forgot about that. Mike even. Ashley is still is still the owner and you know, to be fair to him, I mean, he he came in when the club was spending millions and millions of dollars on uh-huh. terrible players, yeah, on not quality players, and he he stopped that, got more fiscally prudent. But it's time for him to go. Yeah, you know, he's been there quite a few years now. We need ownership in that. Uh, forward thinking. Are looking to try and win the Premiership because that's where they should be. They get fifty-five thousand every week pre-COVID. Um,
3: They were getting that in the the championship too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: it's crazy how... uh, It's like Newcastle's a one city... uh, Sorry, one team city. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's only one club there, and that's Newcastle United. Yeah. Everyone wears their their strips uh, around the area. Great history. And they'll be back. They'll be back up towards the top of the premiership at some point. Uh, and I hope that get that ownership thing sorted out.
0: I tell you, we we were lucky enough to go there a couple of times with FC Edmonton. We, we went and trained, uh, in Europe preseason twice and got to play Newcastle both times. And what a facility. It was a great facility. People there were fantastic. Um, and you're right everywhere you'd go. When we went for lunch afterwards, it was, (laughs) it was Newcastle jerseys everywhere. So it was great great i had to i had to buy a mug and bring it home for somebody so there you go what about tottenham buddy come on who what exactly
2: who <sighs> it's had yeah, you have just, a sigh on there <laughs> has uh, Bale bail signed yet that's that's the word that Bale's coming in today so hopes restored i feel like it's 2013 oh, all over again
0: so. uh, I, I just yeah that's okay it's okay yeah you, you know no Bale, one can see you so bail
2: come out, came out of uh left field there i just kind of think it snowballed and yeah, it's fantastic. And now wasn't
0: he? Was he? Was he still at Real or where, where was he? Yeah, six hundred thousand. He's on the golf six, course. Six hundred thousand
2: <laughs> pounds a week deal at Real. I think he's been on that since he went there in twenty thirteen. He's played six matches in that time. Well, six matches, he's all won.
0: you are going to go and defend him there now, There you right? go. There you go. It's not
2: often you get these top players to say Tottenham feels like home, yeah. and I'm going back to Tottenham. So, well, how, yeah. I mean, he's 31 now, but I think he's still got... I was just going
0: to ask you how old
2: he was. I, I, yeah, I'm excited about it. Whenever we sign a player, I don't care who it is. So like when is he
0: coming to FC Edmonton to, you know, from the CPL? Maybe how for, old is he going to be?
2: <laughs> 45.
0: 45? <laughs> yeah, He'll come play for us?
2: So yeah, no, I'm excited. That will be it. Will be interesting. It's always nice to get those type of players and back in the Premier League. I think there was a big buzz if Messi came to Man City, right? Wow, that'd have been insane. Opposition didn't want to have it, especially a team like Liverpool. Maybe Chelsea, who can maybe win the Premier League this year. But seeing those guys and week in and week out and watching them would be great.
0: Well, like you were talking, we were talking a little bit before last at the beginning of the week where you were saying that they've only got Kane up front and that's it. Yeah, you know, it's trying to find someone else. To to and I'm not even sure Bale's going to fill that role. I think they still
2: need to find another striker. It's it's funny, you know. You look at our U15 girls assessments, and if we said, "Well, we only have one striker," like we know we need a second striker. So yeah. I don't know why Tottenham have. Well, no, it
0: I'm out, just trying so. to think because I mean maybe there's someone within the ranks that we don't know or haven't seen yet. Might be the you man you across the know. table. D up front, you know, he is, he was, uh, it was one of the kingpins of (laughs) shots and stops and and, and learning how to ball strike. That could be the
2: platform. (laughs) Um, yeah, they,
0: they've had young guys, but
2: they, they go out on loan, right? So there's, there's nobody in the ranks and they make do, but, um, man, you guys, if anybody, I
3: think that you want a striker, you guys should sign, um, you know, Brewster. We got a, we got a young kid that's in our ranks. that I don't know how he's not getting a look, but played, he got loaned to Swansea Mm a young kid. I think he can put he can bag goals for teams. That's I the
2: thing. Those, those young kids got to go somewhere where they're gonna kind of play week in and week out, just to, to yeah. get yeah. the experience. So but
0: Liverpool, obviously, still on the same form yeah. they were. Um, they um, that was ended. a great
2: game. I saw bits and pieces of it. It was
3: it was insane. Thirty minutes of, of football against Leeds, but wow, Leeds United! Holy crap! What a team! Are they gonna well, are I they mean, gonna mess it up for everybody w- else?
1: one of the best rivalries back in the seventies yeah. and eighties was Leeds against Liverpool. Right? Yeah. I mean, there yeah. were top quality sides and. The they always had good good games um so that's going to continue I think with this uh, Leeds group that has been put together by the was the Argentinian mm-hmm. and yeah, Argen- also yeah. yeah Argentinian there um I'm looking forward to those those matches for sure
3: talk about cerebral you should you should have seen the guy on the sidelines just the way that you like his mind is going 24/7 of what's happening and and they got athletes, man. They got players. You know, a uh, Harrison kid that played out uh, on the on the left side. There, he was given Trent some. Didn't they fits. have an American?
2: Is he the American? They had somebody. Um, that came I'm not thought sure
1: I mean, that, that manager though. You know, you talk about his mind going. Yeah. His mind going about figuring out ways to spy on the opposition. young (laughs) club is not gonna like that (laughs) Uh, jc watch out big lead supporter there
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're not probably not wrong sean
0: no and i think we're uh, you know what we've been going here for quite some time so uh, we could continue on i I know we could banter the entire afternoon here talking premier league you know and the different leagues going on europe will touch on yeah maybe some other time right Mm you know, cause it's just uh, for all those people that are like Barca fans and Byron fans, Bayern fans, uh, Bayern, and they, they were superb in that champions. League yeah. Watching that, uh, Barcelona match it. too. Exactly. Um, but Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll keep that for another day. Another, another podcast. Um, so f- for this one, we're going to wrap it up here. I'd like to thank Dano D. Thank you, Sean welcome aboard again and can't wait to do more of these because they're they're fun as heck to do um so yeah we'll be back to talk with you hey some other time in the near future or something like that i have no idea um you've been listening to soccer talk of the park the official podcast of the sherwood park district soccer association see you next time You've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association.